Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. We are the show that is free America, one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us today on the guest line. We have Robert Kudla from Trade Genius, and he visits us a couple times a month to give us periodic economic updates. And and by the way, he lives his advice. And what I mean by that is Bob owns Trade Genius which is he's teaching people how to do what he does, which is making money in the market using self-created algorithms, and they teach you how to do that. And so he puts his money where his mouth is when he comes on and says, hey, A, B, and C is happening. Well, you can bet that Trey Genius is going in the A, B, and C direction. And, Bob, I want to welcome you to the show. And and i got to tell you, we used to hunt for things to talk about on the air and now it's kind of like, what can we exclude? Because there's so much. Yeah, I feel like I'm in a Jerry Lewis telethon now. We could talk for 24 hours a day now. And <laughs> oh, that's the truth. Well, you know, we're actually thinking about expanding our podcast and TV show to the weekend. Because um, there's just too much timely stuff to cover. It's just a matter of how much I want to sleep. But, <laughs> but you guys uh, over at Trade Genius really have a handle... And folks, what we're going to do in this interview here, we're going to work backwards from what we would normally do. Um, you know, we're going to talk to Bob about, here, let me uh, pull this up here. We're going to talk to Bob about how his business is a reflection of his correct observations. And that's where I want to start here. And um, I've read a bunch of attaboys that uh, Bob's uh, participants, people that said, hey, I like Trey Genius, uh, sounds really good, I need a second income, uh, so I'm going to jump on board with this, and I'm going to learn how they do what they do, and so these people are writing kind of after the fact, and so Bob, if you don't mind, I want to start with this. And then we'll go backwards and talk about the economic conditions leading up to what influences you to do what you do. Um, here's one guy, Andrew. He says, nothing like 126% profit. Here's another guy named Peter. Um, Thanks, Bob Kudla22. 15,000K profit. Thanks, as always. Um Thank you for the information on blank. I won't mention the company here because we'll get in trouble. Um, but it says, I want to pick up a few extra shares because this is kicking butt. Thanks so much. Um, this is just incredible, all these attaboys you have here. Um, how many trades do you win on average, just out of curiosity? Yeah, we win two out of three trades. And uh, we have what's called a positive profit factor which means that our trades that we win make more money than the trades that we lose lose money. So we're constantly grinding forward. And, and that profit factor equates into, let me just pull it up here real quick. It equates into a, basically a 156% 0.37 um, annualized gain. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, here's a guy, Keith. He wrote in to you at 6.55, and he said, took the 77% gain on the 170P contracts. Nice $650 profit. Thanks, Bob. And there's a picture of Keith here running on the beach. How appropriate. Um, this, is, this is amazing. And so 
I guess what we're leading up to here, ladies and gentlemen, and Bob, is that even though our economy is in desperate states, I mean, everything uh, that Biden is doing is designed to make America fail. And even on Fox News now, I'm trying to think of which host said this. Tucker Carlson said it, and uh, I think Stephen Hill said it. This is deliberate. This is a deliberate takedown of America's economic prowess. It's an attack upon the middle class. But within that war that's going on right now, people are making money. And that's part of what this show is going to be about, is how can you survive the economic calamity and even profit? Am I overstating this, Bob? Can you really profit from uh, the misery that's going on? Yeah, actually, actually, you can. In fact, uh, the more volatile the market, the more money you can make. And so, you know, we normally do, you know, pretty well normally. But when the markets start getting hinky like they have been since November, this is when we really shine because our algorithm looks for basically oscillations. And so when the markets get a little disturbed like they are right now, you get you get deeper and deeper oscillations. So it just sets up opportunities. And, and the, the second thing, too, is really, you know, understanding, um, if I can paraphrase a word I hate, the climate that you're in, because you need to know what season that you're in in terms of, of understanding the macro trend. And the other thing you have to do, too, is, is that you can't be dogmatic. Even though, I, look, I'm dogmatic politically, I'm dogmatic personally, I am not dogmatic trading. And what I mean by that is, is that I have a thesis of what I think should happen, and if it doesn't, um, I'm, I'm quickly and happy to be wrong and taking the trade the other way. So you have to be, you have to be super flexible when you trade. And I learned that lesson a long, long time ago. And uh, one, there was a period of time where I just was not making money and and I was really annoyed. And my trading partner looked at me and said, Bob, do you want to be right or do you want to make money? And I just like that just like, hit me like a two by four because I was trading my my bias versus trading what the the system was telling me to do. And that's that's actually was the genesis behind creating our algorithm, because I said, look, I have I know that about myself, so I need to create a mechanism that basically is is uh, neutral. It doesn't care. It's only going to tell me to buy or sell. And that was the genesis behind uh, me uh, creating the, these algorithms. And so that was, gosh, 12, 15 years ago. And it's it has served me well because your impulse is to like, oh, the world is ending. I better short everything. I'm like, no, there's tremendous opportunities here. Look for where the money is flowing because money – Look, money doesn't disappear, if you will, it moves, right? So you gotta find out where it's moving and you just follow the money. Big money can't make a decision without a lot of people knowing what it, it just doesn't care that you know. So why not just follow it along and make money as it's making money and you can make enough. You know, we're not, you know, I'm not Bill Gates. I don't have to move $40 billion around, you know, but I can move enough money around to have a really good living. And that's yeah. the same with every other small trader out there. Yeah, this is a lesson, I think, for a lot of people here is they do get dogmatic in their approach. And I hear what you're saying. My day starts and ends almost identical, except when my wife and I maybe have a special event or something we're going to do. And I'm very disciplined in my daily life. But one of the things you know I discovered in coaching, and Mike Tyson said this well, too, 
is that the fight strategy really starts the first time you get hit in the mouth. And, and when I looked at them when I was coaching college basketball, you can have great game plans, but whether or not you follow it really depends on how the flow of the game goes, and you've got to adjust. And that's what I hear you say is that you got to be flexible. And what I see with people that invest in the market, the brokers, it's kind of a one-size-fits-all, and they, they never adapt. Yeah, and it, right. So here's what you're competing with when you're trading. The media is carrying the water for the elites, as we all well know. Yeah. When I mean the media, we're not the media. We're, we're the truth. Thank you. For, I was going to say yeah, that. Thank so you. What, I think everybody that's listening knows what I mean by the media. And uh, and so they're carrying water. Like if you watch CNBC, then you don't, you don't deserve to own any money. Because just look what Jim Cramer does to people. He's constantly setting them up because he's, he's making sure his buddies are making money off of retail. Okay, you're what's called the dumb money. And so you have that going against you and and then you have your own fears that go against you. You know, that happens and Wall Street sets you up to make things look like things are happening, but they're not. So you have a lot of things that are going against you and and all that really matters is ironic, it sounds so simple, but it's so hard to do in practice, is only price pays. And what I mean by that is that look they could tell you that Tesla is going to um, $1,000, right, when it's at 800 But if you see that the money is exiting the system, okay, they want to sell to you. So that's why you, you, don't, you don't ever look what they say. You look what they do. And, yeah. and that's how you uh, – and then you know that because you look at the system. And they can't hide this, the, the action. So price and volume gets recorded so you can you can learn over time a direction of travel for a stock and then you just plan appropriately and the other thing too is you know they you know and i think most of your listeners are are fairly sophisticated in this way you know you understand the macro trends are very important and so you know we know what's happening here what you know it's ironic i was just telling actually my subscribers this morning I said a year to 18 months ago, if you were going to ask me who's going to be the dominant party in the next 20 years, I would have said the Democratic Party. If you ask me today, is it the Democratic Party is on its last vespers, right? And then if you ask me 18 months ago, would the would the WEF and the and the power elites be able to quickly and easily go and do what they need to do? And I would have said, yeah, probably that would be it. But if you're looking now, the macro trends are changing in such a way where we're creating this environment called a bifurcation, Dave, and that's what I want to talk about today. There's a bifurcation happening is, is that you have this group, I don't even call it left and right anymore, it's really like this, there's the, 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 the I don't even want to call them the elites, there's, there's, this, there's, this, there's this group of people that want to control everything, right? And if you look at the old medi medieval way of, of, of how things were structured, right? You had the king, right? Then you had the pope, then you had the merchant class, then you had the protection class, and then you had everybody else. And they were able to control basically 65% of the population with 35% of the people, probably a little bit less, by having basically, you know, you, you, you co-opt a third of the population, you can control two thirds of the population. And I think that's the, that's the plan that they've been trying to foist on everybody here. And, and they've been, fairly successful up to a point where I think they overplayed their hand and and you know you, you're we're gonna have a French Revolution kind of part two 
coming from this because around the world now, people have, are tired of being tired. And what's interesting is the people that are revolting now, we're not, when the left revolts, it gets violent. You know, when, when normal people revolt, there might be some violence, but what's happening at this time that's really fascinating to me is people are just opting out, Dave. Yeah. They're literally opting out, yeah. which is yeah. devastating to the, a debt-based system that requires people to consume. And so uh, I'll take a breath here and let you comment on that, but that's the macro trend that we've been profiting from, and I'll explain why when we, we continue. Well, I, I totally agree with you, and this explains, you just explained it beautifully, about how we can have 10 million open jobs in a depressed market, where, where really you think uh, getting a job would be at a premium, like in the Depression. We, we can't find any work, so the government had to make jobs. So now we look at this, and, you're, and there's 10 million open jobs, and you're describing it. Stay and quit. Stay in the society, but not work for the man. And, and that's that's what I'm seeing. And, and in fact, also, too, there's a corollary to this. Um, you look at the statistics, people aren't getting married like they once were. And they're certainly not having kids like they once were. There's a throwing off of traditional American values because people are so disillusioned, they don't see the system working for them. Yeah, so the system requires, right, it requires, it requires inputs, right? So the input is we need bodies, right, to, you know, look, rich people get rich through leverage, Dave, okay? And when I mean leverage, I don't mean just financial leverage, right? So, you know, Bill Gates got rich because he leveraged a monopoly, right, a, a IP. And I'm not being pejorative. That's what he did. That's how yeah, he got rich. He did, exactly. You know, other, other people get rich because they create a moat. Other people get rich because they leverage people, right? Like McDonald's franchise. You talked about your wife running a McDonald's. Well, McDonald's got rich because they leverage a zillion franchisees, right, with, with people working at minimum wage. So it requires people input, right? It requires consumers and it requires debt. And and so what's happening now is that demographically, people, and they get older, they, they take on less debt. The young people have no way of creating income, so they can't create enough credit debt. So so that's falling away, and that's gonna kill the Federal Reserve. People are worried about inflation. We're gonna have higher prices, but we may not necessarily have inflation. It, it, it counts, sounds weird, counterintuitive, but that's what's gonna happen. We're actually going to go into a deflationary spiral here at some point because you need bodies, you need debt, and you need workers to create the velocity, and that's not happening. The other thing that's happening is that wokeism is creating this environment, Dave, where, you know, basically, and we talked about this in our, our group this morning too, is that if you had a national brand, why would you be such an idiot to basically try to get rid of half your customer base? Either they think they, they're going to get you anyway, or they don't care, or they're trying to serve a higher purpose. But that creates tremendous opportunities for people to come in. I'll give you an example, you know, and it's not a stock, like the guy from My Pillow, right? He's leveraged this bad boy against the system, mm -hmm. you know, marketing campaign. He's a millionaire from it, right? Why buy pillows from these people when you can buy pillows from a patriot, right? And you're going to start seeing more and more of that. And the stock that we've been making the most money on in the last two months is is the is Trump's new social media company, you know, and Rumble's um, uh, basically these are two holding companies that have been formed. 
but we just been making tremendous amount. This is the third time DWAC has done a thirty to forty percent move. Today it's it's at it's at ninety five eighty six. You read one of those attaboys this morning. We got people in at eighty seven this morning, Dave, and it's at ninety six right now. And this okay. is for Trump, his media. Yeah, the True Social is the is the holding company for Trump's uh, launch, and they're going to launch in three weeks. So the stock price this has already moved from twelve eighteen dollars to one seventy six. It went back to forty. We've been buying it ever since, and so we've been in and out of this thing a ton of time. In fact, I already have a personal double on it because we threw it in our 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 IRA, and um, and so yeah, so. That's an example. CFBI is the other company. I'm giving you to these guys. You know, uh, every time it pulls back, you got to buy a little bit of it. Trump has 80 million people that voted for him, for example. Well, are they going to stick around? Look at Facebook. I eviscerated, Dave. Eviscerated. Oh, yeah. They've dropped 20... 27%. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So why? They yeah. lost They lost users because they're getting rid of their users. They're, you know, and we're, you know where they're going to go? They're going to go over to True Social. So you have 80 million engagements. Look, you and I are both in the internet business, right? Mm -hmm. So you know if you can generate 80 billion engagements, you don't think advertisers are going to flock to you? <laughs> they're going to flock to him. And and they're going to people are going to make a fortune. And 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 then the thing with uh, what happened um, with with the fundraising company, they just shot themselves in the head. Oh, yeah, you know, it was terrible what the, what they were proposing was blatantly illegal. Uh, blatantly legal and the thing is is that how hard is it to create a lookalike there's no moat in that you're basically an internet escrow company you know what i'm saying yeah, all you exactly. need is servers and uh and so you know they're gone they're gone well and, you know i'm i'm taking up that torch too i don't believe in boycotts i believe people will make their own choices like i am and there's a man in georgia i'm getting ready to help and He's been the, the victim of terrible land confiscation for BS reasons. And uh, I'm looking at helping this guy. I haven't talked to him yet, but I'm familiar with his story. He's contacted me. And later today, we're going to work something out, but we're not going to use GoFundMe. We're going to use one of the other sources for raising funds. And this is what GoFundMe has done. I'm not organizing a boycott. I'm not saying don't use them. I'm saying based on the fact that they thought they could get away with illegally stealing someone's contribution, of which that's a criminal offense you can go to prison for, I said, I'm not going to do business with people like that. So you're exactly right. And let me ask you this, though. You're creating a mindset for me, and I bet with our audience, that there is a dual economy forming. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and you know, and the January 6th thing said, hey, if you fight the system, we're going to throw you in jail. We're basically making you a political prisoner. I said, never do anything illegal, ever, ever. Yeah, so of course not. Yeah. Just just opt out. You, you know, they can't force you to do something like, you know, and we'll dance around this, but, you know, if truckers in a certain area get uh, arrested for doing something that technically violates the law, okay, well, nobody nobody says the trucker has to deliver to that said city, right? Exactly, exactly. So, right. so you know, and, and I always joke with people too. People said, "Hey, if you were um, if you were an anarchist, how would you?" Sh I said, "Well, I, I would tell everybody in the city of Los Angeles to drive the speed limit. I'd shut the city down in in, in an hour." You know, so you know that's kind of a joke, but what is the point is, is that you you don't you you know it's the Gandhi approach. And exactly. That, no, that's perfect. And the Martin Luther King approach. You know the yeah. sit down sit down strikes that uh, MLK used so effectively. 
Um, he absolutely was the best reformer we've ever seen in this country. I wish he were around today because he wouldn't be buying any of this nonsense. And uh, we'd be using his techniques again, which I think we can do. Uh, if you're not going to deliver to a certain city and you're a trucker that's unhappy about something, that city's going to change or they're going to starve. Yeah, there's no, re there's, there's no law to say you have to deliver to them. Yeah, I agree. And, and, there's, and there's a trucker shortage. So, you know, if, if, if woke companies force their company-branded truckers to do something, hey, they can go independent tomorrow. Yeah. And, and, and an enterprising right-wing truck company could also hire all these truckers, too. So, you know, it's not it's not like these guys have a monopoly on the employment. But that's not the only area where there's bifurcation going on. You know, we have what's called peak centralization, right? So the, the these woke corporations created these environments where they basically outsourced all the labor out into Asia, right? You know, cheap labor, cheap. They arbitrage labor. They leverage labor. And now what's happening is that... Look at Ford Motor Company's idling eight, power, eight plants now because they can't get the chips. Why? Because they're all centralized in Taiwan, right? Taiwan can't produce enough chips. You know, China's not producing enough chips. For whatever reason, right, good reasons, bad reasons, we didn't, everything got too centralized. So now you're starting to see this. Even Congress on Friday made this rule to, uh, hey, you know what, we got to bring jobs back to the United States. It's called onshoring. Tremendous opportunities there. However, also, you're starting to see countries now start to leverage their monopoly on resources. And this is why I always a cautionary tale with Russia. I don't understand our hard on with Russia. Um, you know, I, I don't care if they're good or bad. You know, um, our politicians need to have what's called real politic, right? Russia provides things to the world and to the United States that we need. And so why unnecessarily antagonize them for your own domestic political agenda is Russia just banned the export of anhydrous um, uh, hydrogen, basically fertilizer, for the next 60 days. Yeah, They're the that. world's largest producer. Well, you know, guess what? The farmers have to get this on the field. I have a customer that's knee deep in this business. He said 50% of the farmers are already have... Um, you know, basically um, purchased, but 50% have not. And so they're going to be buying at much higher prices. It's basically a natural gas input. input. You know, so these woke climate um, uh, um, agendas are going to turn back and it's going to cause food prices to spike. Yeah, well, this fertilizer thing is huge. And, and I'll huge. tell you, I talked to, and he asked me not to mention his name just yet. He said, wait a week or two, Dave, and I'll come on your show. But here's what he told me. And you are right on the money with this. He said, let's say a farmer has four sections of land that he farms. And he normally farms three-fourths of it, and he needs fertilizer for the three-fourths. He said, if he can't get that fertilizer at a cost-effective price, he said, he may only be farming two-fourths or half of it or even a quarter of it. And he said, where's that going to show up, Dave? And I said, obviously, the grocery store, higher prices or even availability. He said, exactly. He said, I just gave you the formula for food shortages. Yeah, and look, we've been buying um, fertilizer companies and, and Trade Genius. So that's the other way you do it. And then you can buy food companies, you know, in the stock market. So, you know, you could tilt against the windmill and you can scream against the wind or you can um, or you can trade to mitigate uh, what's what's going against you. And, and all we're doing is just following these macro trends. So. To us, it's peak centralization, it's commodities over financial assets, and it's uh, bifurcation.
and there's going to be plenty of money to be made just in those areas alone in the next six months. And I tend to look out, th you know, three to six months because the world changed like so radically, you know, that, you know, things can turn on a dime. And so, but that's my view for going in through the summer. And just so your listeners know too, so the first year of a presidential, um, a midterm election for a first term president, and if they're a Democrat, between now and March, we should have a stock market pullback, and then we should get a lift into May, and then May through September should be pretty bearish. And I think I think that's tying in pretty well with, with what's going on from the Federal Reserve pulling back liquidity and mm -hmm. potentially raising rates. So yeah. I think we'll sell into March and get a relief bounce, and then we're going to sell into pie into the election. You know, if, if you go bare in May to September, the Democrats are doomed. They're already doomed, in my view. I, I think would agree, but so I'm saying right that a lot could change between now and then. And yeah. that's that's why I, I shy away from predictions this far out. I mean, it's like yeah. Kirsten Cinema going against Build Back Better and, and the, uh, the nuking the uh, filibuster. She wouldn't do it. They're coming out now and saying, well, she'll lose the primary. Wait a minute. It's over two and a half years away from the primary. How the hell can you say that now? Because a lot and can may, change. And she may become Republican by then. Well, you know that's, what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I think Tulsi Gabbard's going to form an independent party, and she's going to join. And I think that's another topic for another day. But my point was where I was going with this is that although things could look up for the Biden administration, maybe something will happen economically. They'll, he'll have an epiphany and re reinstate the Keystone Pipeline. But... If this goes the way you're saying, they have no chance. It won't be, will the Senate and House change? You could see, I think, in the Senate, a 60% Republican majority, which means they don't need the Democrats. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be really interesting to, to see. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, setting the election aside there, the mood, just the mood, you know, when you... When Canadians are pissed, you know it's over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. They they were very passive about losing their jobs and their rights and everything. And we don't want to go into forbidden territory, but no one can deny what we're seeing north of the border right now. No, and I, and, I, and it's good. I think, you know, my philosophy on things, things don't matter to people till they matter to people, and they finally matter to them. And, and you know, and... My portion of this show talking to you is that really not into the politics, even though you and I are probably brothers from a different mother on a lot of this stuff, <laughs> is that I, I, I look to say, how do I move the needle forward, right? You know, either if, if I was self-interest, I want to make money from me and my family. But if I'm altruistic, I also want to make sure that people I know make money. And then if I really want to be generous and I want to take my winnings, right, and make sure I help other people who aren't as 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 successful or caught in a situation they can't get out of and that's how you have to look at things saying hey look all you know you can control your own castle and that's where you have to start exactly and, and then you and then you work you work out from there you know a lot of people want to boil the ocean and you don't have to do that and so my first thing is how do i make sure that i take care of my family and after that how do i make sure that what i'm doing for a living which is trading and teaching people and showing people how to trade do that and, and real quick too dave because i know we've, we we want to talk about this earlier can i just quickly mention the the, the specials before i um I, l I lose everybody here no yeah well yeah, yeah. we're going to do it again for a close sure yeah so i just want to let people know what we do though you talk specials again i don't just um 
educate you. We actually give you uh, access to the algorithm. So it's like taking a test and they give you the cheat sheet. So, you know, you're going to, um, uh, I'll show you how to do this, I'll show you how we trade. I'll show you why we trade the way we trade. And then we also will give you access to the algorithm. So I can't trade everything. I'm not interested in everything, but you might be. And you can go ahead and use the algorithms and it'll literally tell you buy and sell. I mean, we, we keep it pretty simple. And, and then we also have chat rooms where we could communicate with each other. And if you day trade or you want to be more involved, there's a VIP room where you can actually we can actually talk together. That's a room too. And if you just want education uh, and just want to get personal coaching, or whatever, we have people that actually will will coach you up and and to to teach you how to do these things. So we really give you a full well round. And I give trades out every day, just like I said this morning. I gave people DWAC, DWAC. I just got us back into gold. Gold miners might be a story here pretty soon, Dave. I'm, I'm getting excited. It's on my list, Bob. We're talking yeah, about and uh, and so so we give trades out too. So um, we have specials running all the time. We'll do it at the end, but um, you take advantage of my Saturday, sixty-five percent off bundles. We trade cryptos too. Cryptos are making a big move again from this weekend. It's on my list. A lot of opportunities. So anyway, I'll shut up and I'll let you take over. No, no. That, listen, you, you just nailed the, where we're going with this. Um, see, the reason I think you're so effective in what you say about the economy is because you're living it every day. If you don't uh, make money, then you have listened to the wrong people and observed the wrong trends, and you are making money. Uh, I wanted to go to the, uh, to the precious metals aspect of it as well as crypto. I'm starting to see a trend, and maybe I'm wrong, but um, I'm looking at the banks where, like J.P. Morgan, they'd fire an employee if they found out that they were ever using crypto. Now they're developing their own crypto, and so there's been a decided shift. The Federal Reserve's talking about the same thing. So what I'm wondering, when the fiat currencies, and we're part fiat, when the fiat currencies start to go south in a big way, will crypto be the escape hatch initially? Yeah, actually, yeah. So uh, my view on cryptocurrencies are that it's it's more of a a uh, antidote to um, a collapsing banking system, and so not necessarily the currency, although the currency will fail before the banking system will. Mm -hmm. It's just that when a banking system starts to collapse, they tend to try to trap their citizens into the old system and force you to take the dilution with them. All right. But basically, Bitcoin, I'll use that as the example, sits, it's like in a multiverse. Bitcoin sits outside of the banking system. So you can just literally opt out. And that's the other opt out people are doing is, uh, if I can do a tangent, is, is all the kids I know, including my own, they don't even trade the stock market. They're crypto, 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 crypto. And... Um, and so they're already not bought into the old regime and, and they're trading crypto. Um, and so crypto is the off ramp. So the whole system implodes and you're sitting on Bitcoin where you didn't get caught in the implosion because your currency is unaffected. Will people turn this crypto profit into gold and silver investments? Yeah, you know, there's an interesting back and forth between gold and Bitcoin. But look, until Bitcoin becomes like a reserve currency, you still have to opt in and opt out of it, okay? You know, there's very few places where I can say, I wanna go ahead and buy Bitcoin and have somebody accept Bitcoin for goods and services. There are some, 
but it's not normal course of event. Some of these other altcoins are trying to create these ecosystems, but they're going to be niche for a long time. So you're going to be you're going to be basically hopping in and out of the world, if you will. And so, you know, so a lot of times people make a lot of money in in the cryptocurrency, and then, um, you know, strategy at Trade Genius is that they'll go from altcoins that to, to, to stack more Bitcoin. Okay, but some people take, you know, part of their Bitcoin winnings and buy a house. Okay take part of their Bitcoin winnings and buy a car, you know, that kind of stuff, because the, the, the thesis is that Bitcoin will appreciate faster than the goods that you're buying will, meaning that Bitcoin will become more valuable. It doesn't matter how, what Bitcoin is to the dollar, Dave, it's really what Bitcoin is to what you have to buy, okay? So, so if, you're, if you're outpacing you know, the price of new cars, if you're outpacing the price of a new home, if you're outpacing the price of food, Bitcoin is a more and more valuable currency for you, if you will. And so you're going to see people flipping back and forth. But we saw something really interesting. We've seen a toggle between when Bitcoin's strong and gold's strong. But now we're seeing Bitcoin and gold are actually been turning together here. So um, so it's going to be interesting. If they both if they both toggle together, that means the fiat currencies around the world now are being uh, depreciated and mass. And that's that's one of the ender states that you look for is that you look for basically bitcoin to the dollar and gold to the dollar rise together because that means finally the dollar might be the strongest currency in the world against everybody else but it's finally losing its grip against what I would call the two safe havens out there. Gold and silver. Yeah, yeah, gold when I say gold I mean gold, silver, platinum, palladium kind of mm -hmm. a thing. Okay. You know what I mean? And then Bitcoin, it could be alts, but, you know, Bitcoin's still the king, right? And then, you know, obviously less liquid things like, you know, if you have excess cash, you know, you should have already bought um, a productive agricultural land in an exurb area, right? That kind of stuff, you know, with an ability to have some independence, like, you know, you better buy some extra machinery or extra parts or solar or 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 wind power for your property, right? So that you can you could be in a productive state. Or afford fertilizer for your farm. Yeah, yeah. And so um, there's a there, there's that too. So you know, if you if smart farmers have been, I don't use the word hoarding, but they, you know, look, I'm not the only guy out there that's seen this stuff, right? You know, smart people instead of taking that extra buy that brand new John Deere, they could have bought you know another couple tons of of, of um, nitrogen right <laughs> for their fields and and just so they have it at a lower price <clears throat> so yeah so that's that's kind of how you, you know you have to think things here is is that the dollar itself you can obviously see it's losing 15% of its value over the year and I think we talked about this before Dave the, the rule of thumb for folks for inflation rate forget everything everybody tells you you look at the annual increase of rental income you know for rentals and that's your inflation rate <clears throat> okay and it's been tracking at 15 and a half percent that's the best best gauge of where you think inflation is in terms of you know basically purchasing power you know i i read this recently from an economist i don't recall his name now but he made a really good point he said, if you took the CPI requirements uh, for measuring from 1972 and applied them to today, he said we would have a 17% inflation rate. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. I've been going off the assumption fifteen to sixteen percent because that's rental increase. We're in the cost. same ballpark. It's bad. It's really yeah. bad. And you know, I mean, people say well, put that in perspective. If I had a million dollars, that's like me handing back one hundred fifty thousand dollars to you. You know, I mean, that's how much it. You know, that's how much it it loses. If we did, and if this, if we do this for five years, right? You're basically your million dollars worth nothing. So. You know, these things self they tend to self-correct and they self they self-correct by you just simply not being able to buy it you know what I mean and that's what usually causes the crash because you know you have high prices but sales volume collapse and that's what you got to look for next so you got to look for sales volume the fall even though prices are increasing and then you know obviously you know revenue is sales times volume right so if that starts to fall revenue start to fall stock prices start to collapse yada 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 and then all of a sudden those 10 million available jobs dry up yep and then and then it swings the other way because you don't spend money if you don't have money mm-hmm then you're into more of a 1929 scenario which we're not now but I mean in terms of you can't find a job and men went from city to city I can see that coming with a retail collapse yeah, I think we're more, um, I, I don't disagree with you. I think we're more like 1937, 1970s kind of a, a approach. Because I think what will happen is the um, the government's going to have to pivot in one way, shape, or form. And, and, you know, I hate being an advocate of this, but, you know, actually the only way really out is to have a strict spending limit on government. And then also you have to really jam the taxes on the super wealthy because you got to you got to dislodge them from what they call dead money and pay this debt down and so or they have to go negative with the rates and that's that's there another way of taxing the wealthy is is to um cuz we've created a situation where asset prices are too high for the average american to be able to afford anything and and so um that's what's going to have to happen do i advocate that no I'm just trying to give you a prediction of, of really that's that's going to be the that's going to be the prescription going forward. They're going to go negative on the rates to be to be able to suck those dollars back into the treasury. That's a way of taxing the wealthy without it calling it a tax, and you don't need um, Congress to do it because the Federal Reserve can do it. And 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 I think that's what's going to um, going to be what's going to happen here once it rolls over. I've already made a bet from somebody. Interest rates were going to go to zero before they, they, they lose control of the bond market the other way. That's interesting. So what will that mean for the average consumer and citizen? Actually, you know, if it um, actually you'll you'll see um, at some point prices will get too high and the prices will really fall. So um, so that's that will probably happen. And I'm talking this is like two years down the line, Dave, kind of a thing. Not not tomorrow is that. The, this whole supply chain thing is kind of mucking things up a little bit, so that'll get all unclogged, and there'll be a there'll be basically a surplus of goods coming in, so prices will fall, and then when that's when that's done, then then we'll go into a situation where where we'll get the regular inflation again, and and then I think that my scenario will come into play because they can't raise interest rates. I should have sent you these charts over. It shows you. The percentage of companies that are making no money in the S&P 500 that basically borrow every month. I think I talked about this before. So over 22% of the S&P 500 are zombie companies, and they literally have to borrow money on lines of credit 
from the banks in order to basically stay alive a month over month. So they're endangering the banking system. Right. If the interest rates rise, that means the interest costs go up, which means one of one of three things, right? Either they cut back if they can as a company, but if they can't, either got to issue shares, which makes their share price collapse, mm. or they default on their loans, which cause the banking system stress. So, so once we start pushing up too high here on trying to raise interest rates, the whole thing will come down really hard like it did in uh, 2008. Yeah, I want to make sure people know what they're listening to here just for a second, because then I have a couple follow-up questions on what you were talking about. But ladies and gentlemen, Bob's company is very successful. And we have a lot of people from our audience that have migrated over there and said, this stuff really works. His algorithms work. And so he's had success, really good success. You heard winning two out of three trades, the rate of return's been fantastic. And so what works for him is what he's telling you now is where he derives information from with regard to the trends. You need to be taking this seriously. It's kind of like a coach that wins a national championship in a football or basketball, and he's being paid top dollar to go around the country in the off season to go to coaching seminars and clinics to teach people to do what he does. Well, that's kind of what you're getting here, free of charge. It's pretty cool. Um, Bob, I wanted to ask you about crypto in the media. Um, every time I turn around, Bitcoin's terrible. Crypto, scandal, scandal this, scandal that. It's terrible, terrible, terrible. Avoid it, avoid it. Is this a smokescreen for the elite so they can buy up crypto at a, at a cheaper price and they don't have competition? Yeah, we laugh whenever, like they're telling people to sell DWAC because it's worthless, and DWAC went up 100%. You know, Whatever they tell you to do, do the opposite because they're trying to they're trying to get you to sell to them at a lower price. Is uh, look, cryptocurrencies, um, it's its own organism now, Dave. So um, on Friday we st we started to see. I'm gonna pull a chart up. We're talking. It's like I give you a little bit more specific in my my conversation with you. Is that we saw a buy signal. My algorithm picked up um, uh, a Bitcoin buy. It broke out. Here, maybe when we do one of these interviews, I'll have charts I can show you guys. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, what you've got on this too? Would you please send it to me because I want to put that up on my website and I'll credit you. Yeah, of course, of course. So, um, so on Bitcoin, I got two buy signals uh, on it on February the first and February the fourth, and those were alerts. And then we finally crossed over. I had confirmation on February the fifth. And, and basically, so if you started buying on the 1st of February, you've been buying in at 38500 And by the time it broke out, now it's sitting at 43600 uh -huh. And if you're just a trader, it's going in resistance. So we had a, basically a, a, a supported bottom here at, at $33,000. That's what everybody said was going to zero. And it went into my what's called my demand zone. I'll, and I'll send you these pictures. It's really cool. How my macro, you can visualize my macro, and uh, and now if you're just trading, you probably would take some profit between forty three and forty five thousand area. You know, if you're a hodler, just ignore this conversation. But just so you do as a trader, and and um, and so that's what we look for. And gold did the same thing at the same time, which which made me open my eyes a little bit, saying, okay, there's something more to this move, especially with the stock market going down. Bitcoin and gold were going down with the markets, and then all of a sudden, Bitcoin and gold turned up. Markets struggling again today, 
is that I think people are now saying, okay, I got to get off this sinking ship. And, and, you know, and even if it's just a trade, you know, you can make a lot of money in and out of this stuff. So, yeah, so crypto's looking good. And then the alts went up today, which is also a tell. So if the alts go up and, and crypto and Bitcoin go up at the same time, that means there's, there's new money or money coming back into the crypto space in general. So, yeah, so I think there's a, there's a trend here. And, um, and I think this is a, it's definitely, well, it's already been a profitable trend. If you'd have bought it at our buy signal here, you, you, you're already, you already made 10% on your money in over a weekend. <laughs> I mean, not bad. Huh? No, over a week. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Over a weekend? That's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask you a question about, about savings and keeping money in the bank. Uh, I don't believe in the mattress approach. Okay, I think that's dangerous. But, but I am concerned about the health of the banks. And so what I'm going to ask you is here is you got gold, silver, palladium, platinum, cryptos, all these options. How much money, in your opinion, what percentage of uh, money should people keep in their savings and checking account in the bank? Okay, you know, there's a rule of thumb, which I don't disagree with at all, is that you should have at least, you know, three to six months of, of, um, of living expenses, what I would call liquid, okay? Mm -hmm. It's either in your brokerage cash market, money market account, or you're in your bank account, or in your mattress, you know what I mean? But you need to be able to, if you needed to, it needs to be it needs to be liquid and available to you. And I'm not talking about having gold coins or silver coins. It'll cost you 10 or 15 percent to get out if you need the money, right? So that that's what I recommend. And for you know cryptocurrencies, hey, you know I'm a drill baby drill kind of guy. You know, hey, 10 15 percent in commodities, 10 to 15 percent in crypto of your net worth. The bulk of most people's net worth is our homes, which I think is fine. I'm not as big a fan of rental property as other people are, uh, but it might be a bias. Even though we own rental property, I don't like it because I think it's liquid. And and if the market turns against you, it takes you months to years to get out of a of, a, of an asset. Yeah. And it also costs you money every month while you're waiting because it re maintenance repairs or political environment. Somebody decides just not to pay you. So that's kind of where where my bias is. I'd rather be in in um, in liquid things, and then obviously your job is your biggest in, income generator. So make sure that you have income streams that depend on you every day too. And so that's interesting. Have, yeah, like my wife has you know two sources. I have two sources, you know, of of our time, and then plus our investments and. And just in case, case one doesn't work out, you know, um, you know, hopefully you're diverse enough in your talents that the other one's still working for you. I'm not, I'm not talking about two jobs. I'm talking about two different, two different passions. Yeah, exactly. You know? I, I hear you. And, and, and what I've discovered in, in my business is um, your streams are always fluid and always changing. In fact, it's, it's as much or more of a job to manage where you're going in terms of managing what you have. It's, it's really... It's really an interesting environment we're in, and it's, it's kind of new for me. I want to ask you about Janet Yellen for a minute, because this concerns me uh, about homes and so forth. She talked uh, several months ago about unrealized income, in which we're we're going to tax your appreciation. And my first reaction is, go to hell, lady. I mean, I pay higher property taxes when my appreciation goes up. So who do you think you are that you come and 
tax me at 43% of my appreciated value based on some arbitrary date you set. Do you think this is ever going to happen? No, not at all. It's oh, already, thank God. It's already, it's already dead. I mean, and you just look, you just have to look at what happened to Facebook on, on, on Friday. Let's say they tax Facebook at the end of December, right? You know, right? And then Facebook's down 27%. So you got taxed. You haven't even paid your taxes yet. So they fixed Facebook at a price that's 30, 27% higher. Let's say it's a 1% tax, you know, so, you know, you're basically paying, you know, $2.70 a share of all the shares that you own in a tax, right? And then now it's worth one third less. So you basically took a, a 40% haircut on your, on your stuff. And then you probably have to sell more Facebook to pay the tax. So then it causes more pressure on the price. It would just cause absolutely it would it would cause a stock market depression within ninety days. <laughs> go woke, go broke. I mean, uh, I'm not. Is Facebook going to go the way of MySpace? Uh, it's going to go the way of True Social. <laughs> no, no. Oh, there's a can of worms for you. Um, that, that's a great comeback, Bob. That's the best comeback I've had on this show. I think. Excuse me, that's really, really good. So when you look at um, precious metals, what percentage, um, you said four to six months, and maybe I'm asking the question in the wrong denomination, but what percentage would you have in gold and silver? And then, of course, separate from crypto. Yeah, so to me, it's 10 or 15%. And you know what? I'm not a big gold and silver fan like of the coins and stuff because it's illiquid. I'm more of a fan of, and it's my bias as a trader, I'd rather own the silver and gold miners, okay? Because I'll give you an example. Roosevelt, he stole your gold and silver. True. Executive order. But if you own Homestake Mine, but you didn't own any gold and silver, let's say in 1932 you had $1,000 worth of gold in the safety deposit box, or you had $1,000 of shares in Homestake Mining, Okay. Roosevelt stole your gold at $1,000, but he didn't touch Homestack Mining, and it went up to $2,000. So, um, so you know, there's mining risks, right? But you just buy the ETF, so you get a more more uh, general, um, uh, basically a risk uh, profile, or you buy GLD and SLV. And forget the arguments about they don't have gold and silver in their vaults. I don't care. I'm a trader. You know, you, you you'd see that in the stock price way before uh, way before they find out that there's no gold or silver in there. And, and so it's ultimately liquid. If you and I today had to sell our gold, okay, I press a button, I'm out of my gold. Three weeks later, you're still trying to sell it. No, oh, you took a 15% commission, you know. And also, if the world is upside down, by the time you got down to the gold dealer, you probably had to get through three checkpoints where somebody tried to rob you of your gold and silver. So, you know, so to me, I'd rather be in, in, in liquid uh, trading assets. And the other thing, too, is I can monetize my, my gold and silver miner position through selling options where you can't do that for your gold and silver, right? So it just sits there. It's a non-yielding asset. So although I'm a gold and silver nut, I'm a gold and silver miner nut. Yeah, I hear and, what you're saying. Yeah. And plus, you know, and it's not, they're not even the best ones to own. You know, if you, you, you get your hand on a rhodium mine, which there are public companies that are rhodium mines, rhodium is going to be worth a fortune. Okay. And so, um, so there's, there's a lot of ways in which you take advantage of the commodity trade. And if you notice, the really, 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 really rich people, they buy oil companies. Okay. And look what oil's done. You know, thank you, Biden. You know, it's doubled. 
oil has doubled under that knucklehead. It's not over either, is it? It's not over. We're going to 120. You know, you heard it here. We talked about this before, Dave. It's going to 120. That seems to be in the inevitable march of this thing, and then we'll see what happens. What does that translate into gas? Is that like five fifty, six dollars a gallon on average for the nation? Yeah, I'm at four seventy here in California at ninety two dollars. So we're probably, you know, you're looking at there thirty percent higher. So dollar fifty, probably up to six bucks a gallon. Yeah, that's for California, and we're that, about a dollar below kills. you in Arizona. So yeah, we'll be over five bucks easy. It'll kill California because people drive so far to work. <sighs> You want to see people not going to work? Wait till you have to come down from the Mojave Desert every day, and you and you drive you drive a hundred miles each way to work every day, and you fill your tank up every three days. <laughs> My God, you know I know I know people do that. I know people that drive in from San Bernardino to L.A. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is. It's absolutely nuts. And so I guess I guess what I'm I'm, I'm saying here is is we're committing economic suicide and. There's so many incidents, I don't like to ascribe motives very often, that's a hard thing to do, but you know, even Fox News has a couple of hosts that are ascribing motive. Um, they're saying, how can you do this many economic things wrong and nothing right and not have it be deliberate? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I look, I think, you know, here's what I think these guys try to do. I try to, I try to not just, just, just necessarily give evil right i think these people in their own twisted ways truly believe they're trying to bring in a better world so i go off of that basis to, to so i can understand the mindset i want to escape that world bob yeah we'll, I, of course you do but that's, i, I that's, want to be i want to be out of that world i don't want yeah. anything to do with their world aoc came out this weekend and said capitalism is my enemy well the only other choice here basically is for the government to own everything you make so that's my enemy. She is my enemy when you say that. I'm yeah, working, yeah. She, I don't work for AOC. Yeah, she and she's not the one I'm referring to. I'm talking about the Klaus Schwabs of the world. Oh, they oh don't yeah, well, yeah. well, she's reflective of that attitude. Yeah, he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't want communism. They, 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 these guys are fascists. Yeah, they want technocracy that's they, fascist. Right, they want technocracy. Yeah. So, so that's, that's their mindset going in. You, got, you, got to under, you know, Dave, you're, you're a student of history. You got to understand the mind of your enemy if you want to be effective against them. Sun Tzu, so, and art, uh, art of war. Yeah. I, I see a lot of Sun Tzu in what you do at Trade Genius. I truly do. Um, you you don't fight a full front. You you go for strategic objectives, <clears throat> which explains why you're in and out of trade so quickly, and you have the algorithms that play the trend. And uh, before we close, I want to make sure we get all of the relevant data in because people are saying. Gee, this sounds really good. Well, listen, this guy's made his money off this, folks, and he's done well. So you'd be well advised to follow what he's doing and maybe take a good hard look at joining him. And so a trade genius, right now they're offering 40% off the non-bundled items. That's the education items that teach you how to do what they do, as well as the non-bundled items are the bundled items, which are 65% off. And that offer is good. That special is good until this Saturday. And your coupon code is Valentine. And Bob, on that note, we are right up against a hard break. I want to thank you for a very informative hour and uh, continued good luck to what you're doing at Trade Genius. My pleasure.